Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what is going on, man? What up? Dude, I'm I'm stoked. This is like nostalgic. Oh, every one of these has been nostalgic, but now we got these two special guests. That's right. I'm pumped. That's right. They, I'm and pumped. they they are they are very special. They are. And, uh, what, what are their names again? I uh, <laughs> Who are the guys we dragged off the street? Oh, well, let, let's go ahead and introduce them because we do have a call from a special friend oh, who no. has some words to say about all of us. So, uh, once again, welcoming back Nathan Bartleball. Nathan, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's great. It's like it's like old times again. Back in the studio recording. I love it, man. Greg, you know we're heading into the holiday season, so those late night sessions we used to have. Yep. So this is awesome. Chinese and, food. That's right. Ash versus the Evil Dead. Oh, it's good times, they man. Were, good times. Man. Zach Bartle. <laughs> Zach, you are sitting there. I'm sure with a mouthful of spaghetti. How you doing, man? Buddy, you know what I am. I'm Diane in the the finale when she came back to Cheers. Oh, and everybody was like, "Look at this prettiest girl in the show." Yes, yeah, trim and proper. Back I saw for another, you had, uh, another you romp. had some good reading material there as you were you were traveling around, buddy. I tell you what, the older my 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 hetero life mate Ted and I get, the more all we talk about whenever we talk with each other is Cheers. Listen, <laughs> yeah. Also, this is the second podcast I'm recording today and the fifth in the last two and a half days. Wow. Man, you're marathoning it. Man. Well, yeah, when you live like thousands of miles away and then you get together, you just, you you ram them in there. You're you're Uh, just, you're just like a rock star. I mean, you're just traveling from one city to another podcast and dropping in, coming in and out, man. How, How much are you getting paid to do all these? (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh dude i don't even like to talk about money we we know what we're paying them yeah the hefty retainer for your ear we'll just start there oh Uh, my god hey i gotta ask dude before we dive in uh zach are you getting pummeled out there where you are weather-wise Dude, it, so I flew in from uh, Chicago. I had I layover in Chicago, flew in to Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is usually less than an hour drive from here in the, the capital city. Yeah. Two and a half hours. Wow. Just slipping That's and sliding. Right. Freaking insane. And even though this is a Christmas podcast, we may be recording it a little early. <laughs> yeah. And we don't have to say when, but uh, Wow. We we the are, weather cooperated. Yeah, yeah, we are definitely. I think we can say we are pre Thanksgiving, and you're just getting hammered, man. Yeah, that's absolutely, crazy. dude. That's crazy. Well, gentlemen, we do have a uh, special caller who has some words for us. So I'm gonna hold on. This guy hasn't died yet. You know, I, I, I think he's going to outlive us all. <laughs> I think so. How could this guy possibly still be alive? 
Logistically, he can't outlive us all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be quite a trick. If he does that, there's going to be some splaining to do. <laughs> Here's the real question, uh, Dutcher. If, if you were to like get like pancaked by a bus tomorrow, yeah. would there be already recorded like a James King <laughs> calling for your funeral? Oh, it's, it's like that uh, movie Malignant or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Separated itself. Yes. I, I do feel scratching at the back of my skull. Great. I'm getting some ideas here, man. Uh, we, we, we've got to get on like this. We could take this places, but well, because Was that Stephen King story, the dark half. Yeah, that's right. Richard that's Stark. Right. Well, because we have some new listeners, dude, that, who probably never heard this guy, we should prep them. If your you children, are, quick, if guys. your children are with you, especially after Zach's opening comment, you might want to shield them, cover their ears. You don't have new listeners. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my mom is listening. <laughs> I had to uh, answer her fundamental question: What's a podcast again? And then we, we dealt with that. And now we know. But yeah, for our one new listener, that's all right. <laughs> We've got a special call in. Well, the people are like, wait a minute, this thing's still in my feed? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Hello, friends. Here's the Reverend James King. Oh, boy. Of the James King, King James Bible believing, teaching, preaching tabernacle. Now, I know it's been some time since we've talked. Friends, I would love to tell you that our work was done, but it's it's never done because that old devil, that old red satin jumpsuit devil, oh, he's always working overtime. And friends, just when we thought we had almost a full year of glorious heavenly silence from the squawking demonic voices of the so-called These Go To Eleven podcast, they're back at it again. See, friends, our enemy never rests. And he wants to inflict upon this great land something as vile that has not taken place since 1978. That's right, friends. I'm talking about the release of the NIV Bible. That's right, <laughs> NIV, non-inspired version. To be up there with the others like the NASB, not a spiritual Bible. Friends, they're not versions, they're perversions. And so is this podcast. Oh, friends, guess what they want to talk about tonight? There's four fools that think that they've got something meaningful to say because they want to talk about their silly Christmas movies. Friends, do you realize they want to give, uh, put the spotlight on on characters like that old North Pole devil Satan calls? <laughs> Friends, they want to talk about movies with that disgusting Will Ferrell, seem to be obsessed with wearing women's tights. Friends, they, they, they never want to talk about the important biblical issues of the day. Biblical? Uh, uh, the evils of sipping wine coolers. Uh, uh, the, the, the glories of reading Old Testament war stories in the in the authorized version. And, of course, the most pressing issue of the day, uh, why women should not wear pants. <laughs> Don't be fooled by their so-called intelligentsia. These so-called men want to drop authors in there like that awful J.R.R. Tolkien and his Middle Earth magic. <laughs> Friends, they, these four men fancy themselves a sort of fellowship of the ring. They're more like the fellowship of the Dingalings. <laughs> not give them a moment's notice. Oh, friends, it's the usual cast of characters. You remember them. There's Nathan Hell. There's Nathan Beer Bottle Ball. There's that 
quackery Bartles. There he is, friends, back in the midst of him, just when you thought he was gone forever, like a booger on your finger that you can't shake off. There is Captain Stretchy Pants himself. Oh, look like an egg dutcher. Oh, friends, I say, just ramble on and on about their so-called favorite Christmas movies, let me invite you to a holiday alternative. See, the good volunteers of the King James Bible Tabernacle would like to invite you to a breakfast with Santa. And you say, Reverend King, Santa, oh, now hear me out, friends. I haven't told you the whole story. See, one of the things we do to bless the little ones in our church is we invite them to a breakfast, and after they stuff their little rugrat mouths with hot cakes and syrup, <laughs> oh, they're going to be treated to a glorious treat. We've constructed a 50-foot-tall Santa. Oh, friends, as far as the eyes can see, and we wheel up a large stepladder. And each of those little children will be able to ascend those steps one by one. And we're telling each of them to grab the biggest hunk they can of Santa's beard and rip it right out. Oh, friends, glorious to see the joy in a child's eyes when they, they terrorize Santa Claus. Friends, make sure to come to that alternative. And I can promise you, you will be blessed. And again, don't listen to this. These go to 11. Not podcast, friends. Anti-Godcast. Until next time, know that... I will be praying for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> James King. Yeah, yeah he, he's going to be praying for us? I, I've not, never not heard us. it sound yeah. like a threat before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing about Donald Jonathan Trump, though. That surprises that, me. That, yeah, that's true. You know, that's the real sign that things are turning. Yeah. Even <laughs> Reverend James can say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Has James King even turned away? Man, this is, he's got to be working well, for Fox. Like He's starting to sound like uh, Jeff Bridges in True Grit. <laughs> Dude, no, no lie. I know we're not talking about True Grit. I just showed my youngest daughter Ella, who is thirteen. She's never seen it, and I've seen. I, so three, four nights ago, dude, I showed her True Grit. She wasn't as into it as I thought. I thought a young Haley Steinfeld, who was about the same age at the time, yeah, Mike yeah. Gripper, not so much. But dude, what a genius movie. Matt Damon, remember, because I thought you were going to say the sun was in your eyes, or should I say your eye? That was gold, man. <laughs> True Grit, 2010 or something? Can't yep. remember. Was that right, Nathan? 2010, yeah. 2010. 2010, great movie, yeah. But not Christmas, nice. so. Not Christmas. No. Uh, so, guys, I think I think it's official. I think we're back after that ringing endorsement. Uh, we must be. If, if we've gotten the attention... <laughs> Of the honorable right reverend. I the, mean that there's just no question. We're at in this the big point. time, man. So <laughs> people we do keep have... asking us if we're back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking we're back. <laughs> I love it. Someone man. who hates us, I hear from him more than some of my family. <laughs> I, <laughs> hey, any attention is good attention. Yeah. Is I that think... really true? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I think we can equivocally point out that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, man. Uh, wow, that was quite a quite a start, Nathan. Uh, that's right. I mean, hey, we we've got to get things going right here. We do. I love how taken aback Greg always is by the the James King yeah. <laughs> A little shocked. I am, dude. Nonplussed. And the things he said about Captain Stretchy Pants. How does he know what I wear for Thanksgiving? 
very, very uh, <laughs> insulted, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll be able to move on. Oh man, we find out that he's Greg's wife with a voice voice uh, alter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never takes the garbage out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my oh, goodness. My. <laughs> oh guys, this is great. This is great. Uh, so, guys, how have you been doing? Zach, what have you been up to? We Podcasting. Just podcasting. Just podcasting. One right no, after I'm the just other. kidding. No. Um, I just want to give a plug-in for my podcast. High and Silver presents The Pilgrim's Progress. Um, yes. Make sure to subscribe. I don't care if you listen. Just subscribe. I, it's all about numbers. It's all about numbers dude. and feeding my ego. Um, but, no, mostly uh, we've been just uh, doing ministry, man. And I, it's... No freaking rest for the the wicked over here. Man, the wicked being me. Yeah, uh, we've got <laughs> multiple churches meeting in our in our building. Um, lots and lots of uh, exciting stuff going on, but not the kind of exciting stuff that people who don't know me would be like, "Oh, wow, that's amazing!" Like, call the news exciting stuff. Like, you know, people coming to faith and people. Uh, yeah, coming back to the church, we're seeing some of that, which is really cool. Nice, um, young people, and and uh, so yeah, just just the the grind that I, I love it. I would I would want uh, nothing but the grind here. Uh, isn't that an old hymn? Yes, <laughs> yes, nothing but the grind. Yeah, uh, yes. How precious? No, that's not right. <laughs> oh, precious is the grind. I don't think so. But I know what you're talking about. about. It's about coffee. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did get a Deep new press. espresso machine in my office about Ooh. six months ago. And you guys, I am, I've hit a new level of like worrisome in my <laughs> <Yeah>. caffeine. You <laughs> <laughs> passed another uh, warning sign. For the longest time, I was just doing like frothy, froofy, like, you know, girl drinks, oat milk. You know, putting, you know, getting it all the foamed up and everything. And then I started going, why am I doing this? So I got some of those little espresso cups, you know, the, the teeny tiny ones that make you feel oh, like yeah. a giant. Yes. And I would have like two double shots in the morning. And I got to the point where I was just so quick at like popping this stuff out, cleaning out the filter, loading it back up. I'm doing like seven, eight of those a day now. <laughs> oh, dude. Wow. <laughs> Wow. And you got quicker each time. Yeah. I feel awesome, though, you guys. I really do. I feel awesome. I bet I you do. I haven't blinked in a week. <laughs> so, so basically, guys, this is an intervention for Zach that's guised in a Christmas pop culture podcast. Right. If you can good. catch me, I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Lisa and I got one of those years ago, and it was like three o'clock in the morning. And I, I you know, we're just talking. Are you awake? Are you, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no sleep. I mean, you're not kidding. Those things are high octane intensity. That's good, dude. Well, guys, we are here to talk about uh, Christmas movies. It has been a while since we've done this, and there have been some other Christmas movies that have come out. Um, can I start us off by by saying I really want to see the one coming out, Violent Night? Oh, dude, David <laughs> Harbour. Yeah, that just, yeah. I mean, that looks great. <laughs> it does. It Zach, does. have you seen previews for that one? I have, and I can't believe how long it took somebody to, like, come out with that a movie by that name. 
<laughs> yes, that's a good point. Like, yeah. how did an '80s like slasher movie not use that up already? We had Silent that's Night, true. Deadly Night, but yeah. not yeah. Violent Night. Like, what? But well, yeah, no, it looks great. Beatings. How did we pass that one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm for some season beatings. Season that that beatings. one's about uh, Saint Nicholas and, and uh, our, uh, uh, Arius at the, yeah. the Council yeah. of Nicaea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, did any of you guys see a similar movie called? Oh, something Fat Man. It Fat was Mel Man. Gibson. Is it called Fat Man? Man? Did you see that one, Bartleboy? I bet you I did. I did. I just I watched a bunch of Christmas movies to prepare for this episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, wait, wait, yeah, wait. Have you it, seen it, it's Jack? called Fat, Fat Man? Man. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. No, I ha- I want to though. So yeah. yes, I, I just saw it. It's a first off, Mel Gibson is Santa Claus. And <laughs> when I first saw the trailer, I thought that he was a disgruntled mall Santa, or but no, he is the legitimate the actual <laughs> actual Santa Claus. He's, oh. he's, he's bitter all these years ago, but he has no really hope in people anymore. So he's just this grizzled dude, and he's He's working with the military. They want him to sell the secrets of his elves and everything to the military. <laughs> they built these weapons. And so he's just kind of, you know, going about his day. And he gives this, like, rich kid a lump of coal. And the kid flips out and hires Walton Goggins as an assassin to hunt Santa. Yes. And then it's Goggins, a hard dude. R-rated battle between him and Goggins. And the you're not sure Santa's going to make it out. And it's Mel Gibson and his most Gibson-y. Uh, it's it's not quite, you know, I think the thing with Violent Night, which, you know, the same deal. I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, it was David Harbour, a mall Santa. But again, he's the magical Santa, too. That one looks more campy and fun. This one's fun, but there's a certain point when you kind of wish it would lean into maybe the silliness. If there's a certain point when this is just uh, you're getting like f- uh, 48 hours <laughs> with Santa Claus. Dude, I am watching this like soon. Fat Man? How did I Fat miss Man, what, yep. what streaming service it's- is that on, Nathan? Oh, I think it's on Paramount Plus right now. Dude, can I comment? I heard you, Zach, ch- uh, chime Walton uh, Goggins is one of the most underappreciated actors. He's oh, one yeah. of, what, like, as soon yeah. as you see him, mm-hmm. you, oh, I've seen this guy in 100 Things. Isn't isn't he a Tarantino favorite? I don't remember him being in, in Tarantino. I he think feels I, like he should be. I'll give you that. Yeah, but no, I, I think I, he's I in exactly. Django. In he Django. is. He is in Django. Yes, you're yeah, right. Because okay, right. he's one of. Um, he is one of. Uh, what's his name? DiCaprio's kind of henchman. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who who uh, faces off with Jamie Foxx? He's also in the Hateful Eight. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah. He's got a big role. Right. You're yes. right. Yes. And I didn't like that one so much. I forgot about it. Right. Right. But he's also, uh, of course, he played a great role. He was the the sort of anti-hero nemesis friend of Timothy Oliphant in um, what what was the show he was on where he's Boyd Crowder. It was Justified. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Justified. So, uh, dude, Fat Man. Uh, now, since you saw it, uh, Mr. Bartleball. Um, and any families listening in is this, I assume this is for, uh, mom and dad, you know, when the kids are in bed to enjoy it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. This okay. is not one. Even me. I didn't watch this with my kids. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so take that for Barnabas said, I normally happily corrupt my kids, but this yeah, one just went too far. Yeah. <laughs> they had to settle for Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Fat Man, a current streaming movie. Can I ask you guys, I love, I'm such a sucker for the nostalgia of, as cliche as it is, a Christmas story. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. 
hasn't the sequel dropped on like HBO Max today uh, or soon? Have you guys seen that? Yes, I watched it too for the show. Wow. No nice. way. Dude, making everybody look prepared. bad. Yeah, I, I've just seen the ad. Okay, I'm going to ask you, Nathan. We're going to put you on the spot. As soon as I saw it, I got scared because I thought, oh, is this sequel going to screw up my enjoyment of the original? Any thoughts? The answer to that is no, it won't. Good. Um, Remember, too, this is the, actually the third sequel. Oh, that's right. It, yeah, it yeah. retcons out the early ones, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah this, is, this, this is done in such a way. There's that one with Daniel Stern that I tried to watch like last year just because we were looking for Christmas movies we'd never seen and turned it off. It was just wretched. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one directed by Bob Clark that was called A Summer Story that had Charles Grodin as the old man. And, and it was actually a decent movie, but, it, you know, it moved away from the Christmas and everything, and it kept the Gene Shepard sort of tone to it. This is, it's it's pure nostalgia, like that kind of, you know, these movies we're getting. I, I liken it a little bit to the Ghostbusters movie last year. I know what you guys thought about that. Like, uh-huh. a movie I liked, but I was also sort of like, you, you know, it feels like a supplement as opposed to, like, a full-blown movie. I felt the uh, that exact same my, way, yeah. My initial thoughts, but with Ghostbusters, the same thing is it didn't do anything to uh, tarnish or or show any neglect to the original idea. These movies, the the issues they tend to have are that, in my opinion, are that they tend to be too reverent, you know, so they don't do anything new. So uh, the problem with Christmas movies, I think, in general is, you know, it comes around and you want the comfort and the nostalgia and the, and, and the real thing, if you will, you know what I mean? You're going to, you know, yep. I don't think this movie is going to replace a Christmas story at all. In fact, I saw a movie that, I don't know if you guys saw it, I enjoyed last year called eight bit Christmas. That was like the eighties version, essentially of a Christmas story. It wasn't as good as a Christmas story, uh-huh. but I like it. I think there'd be a tendency for my family to watch that one again this year. Mm-hmm. I don't. So here's what I'd say about this one. The thing that's cool, it is cool that they brought those actors, all the, the ones that they could bring back. And so it is fun to see not just uh, Ralphie back. And what's what's great is watching 50-year-old Ralphie do those weird little maniacal laughs and things that the young Ralphie did. And yeah. Be able to, like, that's cool because you're watching it and you're like, you can see that in the person and that's neat. And his buddies Flick and, you know, they're all coming back. And to Flick see and them Schwartz. In the, Right, Flick and Schwartz are the exact same actors, and that really does help. It it makes it kind of fun. Uh, and Scott Farkas, right? As his mother doesn't come back, but you have Julie Haggerty, who was from Airplane. She oh, is now she's the mother. mother. I saw that. Yeah, she speaks jive. What's that? She speaks jive. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. She does that in this movie. No, she doesn't. Yeah. Uh, what you be so Let me say. Can, can I just ask that? I mean, I know that that uh, she's great. I've seen her on a bunch of sitcoms and stuff. The lady's kind of a fixture in comedy. Yeah. But she doesn't seem to have the right vibe at all for the for the character. And frankly, my favorite part of the Christmas story is the mother. She's Everything awesome. from like how sweet it is that she like hides that Ralphie got in a fight from the old man to like her like really quiet like I'm not colorblind either comments you know yep. it, it, <laughs> and and I don't know that's the one care I'd almost have had them rather recast Billingsley's part I know than, than the mother so wait yeah, a minute so- is is the mother is the actor still alive. Yeah, she's retired. Okay, so they yeah. they just I'm sure they tried to get her back. I guess, but. 
Uh-huh. I mean, they, yeah, when they're they're getting everybody back, including like Ralphie's brother and Scott Farkas and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they approached Melinda. I was about to say very close to what you said, Zach, is one of the issues with the the new movie is when the mother does something that seems a little weird or kooky, like she has this like fierce like hatred for carolers. I don't necessarily remember that in the movie, but the way Melinda Dillon delivered all of those, those more like uh, moments that would be off kilter. Like when her, her sheer glee watching that child shove those mashed potatoes into his mouth. Like (laughs) that's how makes you show me how the little piggies eat. And there's just mommy's little piggy. Yeah. There, you can see that when those moments happen here, it's supposed to reflect kind of the idiosyncrasies of the mother, but instead she just comes off kind of flighty and really weird. And you're like, why is this otherwise normal lady acting like this? Where there was that kind of reservation, but underneath the reservation, you saw this lady that was a little kooky, just bursting to get out. That's all, you know, kind of courtesy of Melinda Dillon. That to me was actually one of the biggest uh, issues with it what it was that character because it just never felt like everything else had been so constructed but the the other issue is the movie is almost in some ways almost like a remake right it's like a remake but then it's been cross blended with national lampoon's christmas vacation okay but not the really wild out there parts but the idea that you know clark wants to give the best christmas ever yeah. and in the, in the tradition of his old man and the old man i think the one thing i really like about this movie is this movie keys into what most people probably watching christmas story felt at least i felt after a few years of seeing it is that the heart of the movie was darren mcgavin's it's darren mcgavin the old man the old man and you when you see that this movie is built in that vein it's almost in a way, just as maybe Ghostbusters was a tribute to Egon Spangler and Howard Harold Ramis, this movie is a tribute to the old man and to Darren McGavin. And That's awesome. They try to kind of hit you with some drama right up front. And I think one of the problems is they give this big thing. But I think time-wise, time wise, what happens on this Christmas maybe shouldn't have happened on this Christmas. You'll, you'll see what I mean. It seems okay. like they'd have more important things to deal with. But... I honestly, I think if you're a, a fan of a Christmas story, you're going to see this and you're, you know, you're going to feel them poking you with a nostalgia stick, like repeatedly. Yep. I mean, I think we hear in like a, in one of those echo reverberating fragile playing the background like yeah. three different times. Right. Yeah. I think even in the preview, they drop that. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, so you I get that. Say. You get a lot of the same beats that you've seen in either of the two movies I just mentioned. But I had a lot of fun watching Billingsley, watching the, uh, in fact, uh, the actress that plays his wife here, they have a lot of uh, good rapport and their interaction with their kids. It's a nice, fun Christmas movie, but I don't think it's, it's, it's not something that in the future, every time I watch a Christmas story, I'm going to need to watch you gotta this watch movie. you got to watch the sequel. You know, uh, it almost yeah. feels the overall effect of it is basically not unlike... You remember early on in COVID when uh, we had no idea how long we were going to be here and everyone was doing those like uh, Zoom meetings where it was the cast of whatever reunites for the first time in 30 years. I mean, the overall cumulative effect of this movie is maybe not that much more than this. I I think the Mm -hmm. filmmaking on this is not nearly as good as what Bob Clark was doing in the original movie. Right. Uh, Billingsley's the narrator now, and I think he does okay, but he's no, he's no Gene Shepard, and there are times when it just sounds like he's giving, he's clearly just reading it off of a paper, you know, hmm, so that interesting. hampers it a little too, but I think a particular fan of McGavin, he's clearly, he passed away in 2006, but what they do here. They could have gotten him, though. Offered him a bunch of money. I don't know. Uh, I mean, hey, they, brought, they, they, they did it with in Egon. The Night Stalker remake after he was dead, so yeah, sure. Why did it with Peter they brought Cushing. back Ramis, yeah. right? Yeah. 
absolutely, dude. I um, and that yeah, wasn't well, weird. No, <laughs> no they could have brought right. McGavin could be the ghost of Christmas present or something, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> guys. I, I imagine they'll send the deed. They'll send the whole damn bowling alley. <laughs> Gosh, I love that movie, dude. It's uh, Zach, uh, Nathan. I'm sorry. You you gotta be <laughs> Bell. I mean, you gotta be. I tell this when I preach. One of the things I miss oh, about yeah. our streaming platform now, because uh, we do YouTube, Facebook, and of course the website, and um, <clears throat> you know, is we don't show clips. I didn't show clips all the time, but occasionally mm-hmm. I'd show a clip. Can't do it anymore because it would shut down. Right. I mean, Facebook and YouTube pick that up in you know 1.2 nanoseconds or something, and they. You violated a copyright infringement deal. But so I describe it. It's not as effective. But that scene, uh, my favorite part of the movie, there's so many good parts, is when McGavin is watching Ralphie open the press. Because, dude, the first time I saw it, like everybody, you really do believe this guy is clueless. He's focused on the furnace. He's focused on a sports page or the funnies. And he's focused on the leg lamp, the neighbor squabbles, you know, bartering for the Christmas tree. And when Ralphie opens that BB gun, the joy on Darren McGavin's face is my favorite part. And it's so realistic because Ralphie, they don't force it. He doesn't say, oh, thanks, Dad. How did you know? All he cared about was the gift. And Darren McGavin didn't care. Mm-hmm. And I always just say... What a picture! You know what I mean? Yeah. That God, we don't think He notices. We don't, you know, we get, we're, we're always not thinking of me or something. So I just, man, and my kids, they te- they look for me to cry during that scene. And guys, <laughs> no. I just lean into it one hundred percent and ball like an eight year old girl. Um, I think they made this movie for you, Greg. Oh, good. Yeah, the nostalgia works on me, dude. It I think you're, you'll you'll shed a tear or two. I think. Yeah. I mean, even I, yeah, I did watching it. I just. One thing I wish they'd leaned into, kind of what you were just talking about, is the undercurrent. You realizing, you know, what the dad really does care about, and what you see ultimately, you know, it's, he doesn't. Ju- it's not just him down there cursing at the furnace. Yeah. And, <laughs> but that perception that we have when we're younger, and I think they could have leaned in. You see, Ralphie now trying to kind of step into the role that his dad had, but it ends up being a lot of like Griswold shenanigans. Whereas I would have liked a little bit more. Uh, emphasis i think on on him recognizing what it was like for his dad you know and 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 encountering similar things but instead they kind of send him on you know the normal shenanigans that he was doing when he was eight years old like some of yeah. these guys <laughs> like they're eight years old yeah. you know we can't evolve them that much dude i think i've said this in past christmas media episodes like this so i'll just drop it in really quick am i still the only guy that watched the abc sitcom the middle Oh no, I've I've seen the middle. Oh yeah, I've yeah. seen that yeah. too. Yeah, Patricia Heaton. It, yeah, I've seen me, a few of them. Yeah, it just to me, it's it's. I love that show. It, yeah. it, there's not an episode that doesn't interest. Some are better than others, but their Christmas episodes. I mean, to get six Dutchers together, two <laughs> mature fifty plus people, at least to me, <laughs> and then uh, twenty four down to fourteen, we have like a pact. Because, you know, we, we'll have that running in the background sometimes. Well, it's a night. We're, we're going to stay up together 20 minutes before everybody goes their own way, hits a sack. We'll watch a middle episode. But we don't watch the Christmas ones until Christmas until season. Until December, yeah. So there's nine of them because there were nine seasons. Yep. All the first eight are gold. The last one, they were more focused on the the overarching narrative that mm-hmm. leads to the you know finale. But they're, they're really 
good oh, yeah, they're, episodes. Yeah, they're, they yeah, they're funny. They're, they, they all explore a different aspect you, of uh, You can't Christmas. watch one of those and not at some level relate to oh. some aspect of it and just, yeah, totally fall in love with the characters and what's going on with Yeah, Yeah, because they're such a real family. Yeah. The house is messy. Yeah. Uh, it was a rare sitcom. I, I mean, this wasn't a Christmas one, but the dad- Who's played by Neil Flynn? Yeah, the janitor in Scrubs. Yep, yeah, me another brilliant. I just love <laughs> <Yes>. that guy. <laughs> He's just this dad who's just so just goes against every dad cliche you're supposed to do in a sitcom. Like the daughter Sue comes home one time and he wants her to help clean out the garage or something. She's like, Dad, I came home to relax this weekend, and you know, college kids are under so much pressure to please their parents and the expectations. He goes, Sue, uh, let me uh, let me set your mind at ease. We don't care. Um, <laughs> just a great character. So I would say if you're looking for quick Christmas hits, yeah. any of those middle, start with episode one. Even if you haven't seen the show, you can appreciate it. Yep. You'll get to know the family, the Heck family through the shows. That's something that Joy and I do with uh, with any really like TV show or series. Like we will watch it except for the Christmas ones. Uh, Perfect Strangers. I don't know if you guys remember that oh, sitcom. Yeah. Um, but that that actually has oh, a really yeah. gold. Uh, their their first Christmas episode they did was actually it was really cool. Um, if you get a chance to go back and see it, but we do that with all of them. So yeah. Mash, you know, going way back. Um, we'll do that with the middle. We'll do that with uh, I don't know if you guys remember Lois and Clark, yep. Superman uh, series, and and that's all we do in December is we pull out these Christmas episodes, we pull out the Christmas movies. And that's all we're doing in December is that's just awesome. watching Christmas movies, watching uh, these these shows that have the special Christmases on them. We'll go back and watch. You remember the old time like special Christmas episodes with like Bing Crosby Christmas special oh, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know Tennessee Williams. All of those. We'll just go back Bill and Murray. watch all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> most recently on Netflix. Well, most yeah, recently. Right. That, how long is that now? Five, that's six, probably right. five or six recently, years now. But we were together whenever it was yeah. playing. I remember yeah. that. It was years ago now. You guys are pathetic. You know that? <laughs> I'm a Calvinist. I just, my wife and I keep watching whatever show we're watching. We're watching Frasier now. And the Lord works it out so that like the Halloween ones land on Halloween. Look at that. ones land on Christmas. Okay, how do Trust I get that kind of providential blessing at work in my life, man? <laughs> Well, you you've heard the Reverend King, Greg. You, I mean that that's never going to happen for you. No, that's probably true. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm not sure what he feels about Providence. I have a guess, but we're um, Frazier for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, dude? The other one that we'll we'll pull up sometimes. Some good uh, in what you just uh, shared, Mister Bell. The Office has some good Christmas episodes. Oh, nice. Yeah, great at Christmas. Episodes. <laughs> yeah. Remember classy Christmas and um, the Bell's <laughs> nickel. Yes, yes. Or the one where remember Michael. I'm sorry, it's so he's angry because Phyllis gets to be Santa and he's just such a petulant child. Oh my god. Yeah, so he's yeah. Santa and then he dresses up like Jesus uh and he's using the karaoke machine to basically give inside information of everybody because he's omniscient. You know, there's Stanley, he had an affair. Um and then at the end, my favorite quote of his, he kind of has this cathartic moment. He goes, You know, Christmas isn't about Santa or Jesus. It's about the workplace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we put that on our mailers for the church. 
Uh, dude, that one's almost as awkward as the Benny Hanna Christmas. <laughs> oh, Benny Hanna. Oh, my goodness, dude. Gold. You got to mark him with a marker to tell yeah. which girl he came in with. You know what's weird, dude? My son noticed, and I think he's right. The, the girls, Michael and was it, who was it? Andy or Dwight? I can't remember. Dwight, I think, yeah. Yeah, that they, they bring back to the office. They're, I don't know if it was a continuity thing or if it's a brilliant, you know, Kubrick type thing. Uh, they're different actresses. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah, I, yeah. I never noticed. And my son said they're they're not the same girls that were in the restaurant. And we went back, and I said, "Oh my goodness, they're so." Anyway, uh, I anyway. thought the implication was that those guys didn't notice at all and just walked out with two totally. I, yeah, I, I think so, and I completely missed it. Yeah, very good. Oh man, what else have you guys been uh, been watching, Zach? Have you uh, have you watched anything uh, new or anything yet? Well, uh, we have not started Christmas stuff this season because we are Christians. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you wait till the day after Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, we, we'll probably watch Die Hard the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, to ring in the, the Christmas season. Uh, one that we discovered last year or the year before, but definitely probably since. Definitely probably. That makes sense. Since, <laughs> yeah. uh, since we've done this is uh, one on Netflix called Klaus. Oh, yeah, was, oh mm-hmm. gosh, I loved that one. That was a, a favorite. Uh, we always watch Arthur Christmas with yeah. uh, that's Ian a great McElroy. one. Too. Yeah. Uh, that one always makes me like super emotional. Uh, the the tech in it is dated, but that just makes me love it more. Um, <laughs> and of course, we always watch uh, the. This is my wife's insistence: the Muppets Christmas Carol. Yes. Yeah, that that. And is then good. I always want to watch George C. Scott, and she's always like, "But we already watched the the Muppets one," and I'm like, "No." I don't There's know. room for both. So, so my so. wife and I, we collect Chris, versions of Christmas carols. So we have like over 18 different versions and we will watch all of them because. Dude, what's your favorite? Gotta ask. So there are two and, yep. and we watch them both on Christmas Eve. We save them both until Christmas Eve. And, and it's the two that Zach mentioned, George C. Scott my and Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the third one I throw out, the Alistair Sims one is really good too. Yeah, is that the one from the 50s? Yeah, it's just called Scrooge. Scrooge, yep. and that's like made in 51 or something. I believe so. And to me, it's got some of the creepy, well, the ghosts in the in the uh, George C. Scott one are the creepiest, but oh, they're pretty yeah. creepy uh, yeah. in the 50s one as well. Growing up and, in my And house, those two old guys from uh, the Muppets guy. Oh, that's yes. pretty- oh man, yeah. <laughs> Statler yeah. and Waldo. Yes. Yes. Marley and Marley. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up in my house, and I can remember – being a young, like eight-year-old, watching this, this was a family staple. Was Scrooged with Bill Murray? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yes. Isn't that the one that has the great line? Well, I can't say it, but she hit me with a toaster. <laughs> yes, dude, yeah. that is just. We're living up to James <laughs> King's uh, yeah. rhetoric, <laughs> right? <laughs> dude, anything Bill Murray, dude, anything Bill Murray. Come on, it's incredible. Have I mean, you seen? Did you see his Netflix? "Quote unquote Christmas special yeah. he did a Murray Christmas. <laughs> I know. He even brought David Johansson back, who was the cab cabbie in that uh, yeah. Scrooge movie, and he's in the background. He looks, he looks busted <laughs> up. I know, dude. Yes, it's like they like they literally brought him back from the dead. <laughs> I know. <laughs> See, they can do it. Why didn't they do it with the old man? <laughs> it's an animatronic, David Johansson. <laughs> That's facts, man. That's so true. Uh, I I did see last year for the first time two. Christmas carols I had not seen, 
and I couldn't get my family to watch him. So it's just late one night. Everybody's asleep. I said, I'm going to watch. I watched the one with Patrick Stewart. Oh, that's a good one. And that was good. good. Yeah. yeah, that was good. I had never seen that one. I think that was made like in the late 90s. Maybe yeah. Yeah, it was a, I think that was literally a like Hallmark movie back when Hallmark would make them for like TNT. Or yes. Something. Yes. Yep. I think that's right. And then I saw one that was on, was it FX? Did you guys see it? It's a dark oh, one with Guy Pierce. I Pierce's. did not see that. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of that one. I wasn't uh, either, dude. I felt the story, they, they shifted it almost dramatically. Um, and it was dark. Yeah. Wasn't it? I, there were some elements I liked. I kind of liked how Marley had a larger role, or Marley's also vying for redemption. And yes. that, like that, that was cool. Um, but it it went off the rails, and it made I think it pushed Scrooge into a totally different character. They were I trying agree. to make a point. Yeah. They were trying to. Uh, it was a very pointed message they were trying to shoot with that one, and I think they upended it because I don't think Scrooge is meant to be. Uh, a full-blown evil person. You know, I think he's supposed to be a little bit relatable. He's a guy that's withdrawn himself. Yep. And the Scrooge in that movie has been pushed to the point where I don't, you know, I don't think he's in the same level. I agree. I agree. That's it. They were definitely going for dark and gritty. Yeah, it's kind of weird to hear like an F-bomb in A Christmas Carol too. You know, oh, after, gosh. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm going to pass the only on thing. that. I mean, yeah. he basically, he, he, he essentially sexually assaults uh Bob Cratchit's wife. He did. What the crap? Yeah, it's a. Uh, I'm not even kidding. It's no. like you're watching like this. Feels like it's a funny or die sketch about some extremely like uh, woke version of Scrooge, which is kind of what it is. It, it it was. It was a very. Yeah, it was definitely culturally influenced. But I love I love Guy Pierce, right? So I'm thinking there, there were things there were things were good about it. It just was too much. I agree. That's exactly. I, I was glad I didn't watch it with Lisa. She would not. There have were moments fans. of like brilliance like what who the goat the last ghost turned out to be that was cool yes yes um uh the ghosts themselves are very neat again like i say well marley was integrated in the story at a greater uh aspect was cool i think that guy pierce makes a good scrooge but this guy was not really scrooge he was like somebody else i agree i agree it was i think they wanted to tell it with a modern twist mm -hmm. and it was uh it, it There's was strange it's a a little hokey, but I've always liked, and I think I actually saw it. the first time I was ever on your show for Christmas episode. I had just seen it for the first time, and that's the one that uh, that um, uh, American Christmas Carol with oh, um, yeah with Henry Winkler, uh, yes, yeah Henry Winkler in it. That would be the um, Fonz. Yes, yeah, we he's could... got some he's got some dubious. Oh, fellas, I gotta there. take off, guys. Sorry, oh, interrupts Zach, at the same time. Great having you here, dude. God bless you guys, and have a Merry Christmas next week. You Merry too. Christmas. You too. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Zach. We'll talk to you before we'll that. We'll have Take you care, back man. on, man. No worries. Awesome. Uh, yeah, man, we were talking. You were talking about American Christmas Carol. Yeah, have you seen that one? Yes. I, I haven't, but I remember you guys talking about it. So I got to add that to Hampshire, the mix. New Hampshire, baby. Yes. I got to add that back in the mix. Um, That's I, an interesting one because it moves it to the Great Depression, mm -hmm. and it reduces some of the supernatural elements. He still meets the ghosts, but the ghosts are, uh, they're versions of people that he has sort of, uh, wronged or has interacted with during his, yeah. his experiences. Yeah. Interesting. Um, 
Dude, there's the classic, uh, probably 1984, 1985, Family Ties single episode uh, where Alex P. Keaton has his... I'm sure they can hear you. Ebenezer's oh. Man, what's going Where All of a sudden, do we have uh, Barta Ball at... Uh, at Penn Station? I think we have... No, uh, wait, that's not me. Where, I, I, no, was we have a call. I can't figure out how to do it. Oh. <laughs> hey, Bartles, get out of here so we can talk about you. I am so leaving the this in. Inside the house. All of a sudden, I'm like, hey, Bartles, this is the point where we make fun Actually, of you. This guru of podcasting can't figure out how his device works. Oh, dude. Zoom, and I don't know how to do it. Dude, uh, there's a button, and uh, you click it. Can you it, imagine it, if he'd ended up in the bathroom now? <laughs> <laughs> Don't imagine? cross the streams. <laughs> imagine we hear Bartle's wife say, "Are you through with those good for nothings?" Mm. Um, not a, yet. That's another Christmas movie, right? <laughs> the calls are coming from inside the house. Oh Black yes, Christmas. that's right. That's right. Bob yes. Bob Clark also. <laughs> yes, yes, that's that's uh, that's exactly right, uh, dude. If I can say, I try to make this point every year. I don't want to overplay because I, I, I'm so torn. Because I love a Christmas Carol. I love the Dickens novel. I love the different iterations of it. Muppets, uh, even Jim Carrey's animated one. Remember years ago? Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that was that not was, bad. I like that, which I thought was well done. I like it all. I always am stunned. Because I don't know much about Dickens' faith. I mean, he wrote a beautiful book, a children's book, uh, that was published. It was never intended to be published. He wrote it for his children called The Life of Our Lord. It's mm. just a very simple gospel retelling. Yeah. I think Dickens was an Anglican, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, not that that matters, but I'm just trying to trace it out. Uh, it is such a works mm oriented and i love it yeah I, I'm, I'm moved by it i'm yeah. never gonna well i'm not gonna watch that because it's uh, right doesn't mention god's grace and right and his love but it is a a very strong i mean the chains reduce yeah. the more good things you do the chains yeah. lengthen the more wretched things you do yeah uh so i don't worry about that when my kids were little yeah I felt a need to kind of get in there. Now, guys, you know, this is just a story. This isn't how it works. Yeah, yeah. It's God's grace that comes to us in Christ. But it is to me a striking um, do good and everything will be okay. Yeah. yeah. And so back to the Guy Pierce thing, uh, since you saw it, uh, Nathan, Bartleball, um, I, I wondered, not that they had any religious, spiritual impulse to the filmmaking, but... It was interesting. They're kind, almost showing a guy that's beyond the point of redemption. Um, well, and, and I think it's, again, I guess spoilers for this, it's really like the Me Too Scrooge. Like, and I don't mean that flippantly, Yeah, but that's really what it was developed in the wake of. And it's implied at the end of the film that it's it's um, Bob Cratchit's wife has, has used some... Literally, powers of witchcraft to bring these things down on his head. Right, that's right. That's the implication. And if you if you abuse abuse uh, your position again, we'll be back after you. You know, right. like it's mm -hmm. this. This is a very different sort of telling. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that's a it, it twists the story in some ways that I think uh, it just felt very. I don't have a problem with approaching that kind of story or even approaching the Christmas carol that way, it just felt very uh, like tor tortured 
to shove the story into those into those boxes. It right. was pretty banged up and beat up. It didn't feel organic at all, and it was not pleasant watch. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. And I, um, yeah, I, 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 I found it disturbing too. But I'm always thinking um, what what you need, the elements you need for the traditional Christmas Carol story to work. You need a guy with enough time. So you weren't here, Nathan. Obviously, the first two podcasts Nathan and I have done in our reboot here, we talked about the thief on the uh, thief on the cross, mm. you know, story. Who doesn't have any time? So I always think if the hope for mankind is the formula of a Christmas Carol, it doesn't work for some people. Clearly, mm-hmm. you know, like imagine, like if if you could show the thief on the cross, some version of that story that would fit first century Palestine, you know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have, you know, uh, Victorian England, but, um, it, it would be despairing mm. is what stood out to yeah. me. Oh my goodness. I'm out of time. Yeah. You know? And so just my little, yeah, you know, uh, geeking out when I watch a Christmas card, but I, I love it. Yeah, I'm gonna watch every version that I can. Well, and I, well, there's a new version I have a review of. If you want it, oh, dude, give us <laughs> that, not, and then Nathan make your point. Yeah. but I want to hear this. This one's called Spirited. It comes out tomorrow oh. on. Um, I I was able to to see it early, but it comes out on Apple. I think it's it's Peacock or Apple Plus, one of those, or not Apple Plus, but Apple. Yeah, Apple I think TV. it's Apple Plus. There's so many pluses and yeah. you know, yeah. pluses. There's no minus yet, yeah. but yeah, where's you know, Apple Minus? Movie, I guess that's. <laughs> streaming minus because you gotta yeah. watch all the but that's what um, netflix is becoming <laughs> rapidly <laughs> streaming minus <laughs> oh my goodness uh, well they're never going to endorse us but yeah uh, <laughs> and spirited is a new one where uh you've got ryan reynolds and this one plays a little bit closer to scrooge it's a it's more of a musical yeah a scrooge i should say Will ferrell's and in this one too right will ferrell yes Ooh. is one of the ghosts and he it actually makes the ghost a more prominent character because mm. he's looking to sort of get out of the game potentially uh but before he does he wants one more chance to sort of impact somebody's life and mm. so uh it's silly it's goofy i think the thing with a lot of these streaming Christmas movies we're getting this new wave of them. Uh, we're not getting anything that's a full blown classic, but you're getting something that's pretty entertaining. A lot of times you get energetic. It's very energetic. It's fun. It's fun watching those two guys go back and forth and they have a lot of fun together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not gonna, when we're, when we're coming up with a list next year of the best Scrooge movies, you are <laughs> pressed to remember it, yes. but it's fun in the moment. It does a couple of neat little things with, with the Scrooge story, I don't think I don't enjoy it as much as even Scrooge with Bill Murray. But again, this is a story we've told the story over and over and over again. And I think for me, if you're trying to put a Christmas movie out there and you don't have like a really powerhouse idea or or thing that you want to say with it, then do this. You know what I mean? Right, do yeah, a, yeah. do a fun like festive lark that makes you feel good and that's that's what this is i enjoyed it i didn't i don't think it's amazing i'm it's one that you know if you were to sit down and watch christmas story christmas and spirited back to back you'd have a great like post thanksgiving fun way to pass the time i love it dude that man barnabal's got the best recommendations doesn't he he's always the He's encyclopedia. Go. I gotta show up with some because I can't talk about the last five. <laughs> We're Christmas just like the. I know. We're like, have you guys, uh, you guys ever seen? I got an anime for you too, so we cover everybody's. Places. Oh my goodness! You guys ever see a movie called Tokyo Godfathers? No. I think I've heard of this because I think my son, okay, who's discovered kind of the world of anime, has kept me up to this. 
Uh, no, and this but- is a good one. This is a one that you can actually like. It's we're not talking spaceships and you know uh, all the normal uh, no 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 girls in schoolgirl outfits or anything in yeah. this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually a remake of an old western called Three Godfathers that deal with uh, in this version it's three uh, homeless people in in Japan in Tokyo who come across this uh, this young baby. And then they're trying to get the baby back to its parents across the Christmas holiday. Oh. And it's done by a uh, director who now has passed. His name is Satoshi Khan. And he, he, he has the, his characters look a little bit more realistic than your average anime. And his movie is very much, it is very much um, dealing with, uh, you know, there's a humanist bent to it. So, yeah, uh, you're not going to get a full-blown spiritual story here. But it is a very... Um, touching and moving story and the characters are very well developed in it and it's a comedy too there's a lot of uh sort of humor that that comes out as you see these three people try to get this kid back to where they need to be oh very cool um, i i think it's one of those and had it's it's touching but it's also kind of fun to watch so uh it's a movie i'm thinking i would say for teens uh it it, if it's a pg-13 i believe i mean um you never know what the Japanese sometimes right, are. And right, I know, right. It's almost when PG meant in 1981. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah. You, when you watch The Goonies with your like eight-year-old, you're like, oh, wow, they said that in The Goonies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no kidding. But <laughs> That's um, something. But what were you going to say, Nathan? Yeah, so I was just, um, you know, thinking about what you were saying with, you know, the Christmas Carol and different adaptations and things like that. One of the things that I like about it, though, is uh, – it gets you close to the truth. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think that's one of the things that's great is, you know, particularly when you watch so many different versions, so many different versions will pull certain quotes or ideas mm-hmm. from from the story. And yeah. so that's one of the things that I think I love is, you know, pulling it all together, you almost, you know, get the, the picture of what Dickens was writing. And I, and I think you're right. I mean, I think there's no way to get around that works centered focus but one of the things that like i said it does is it gets you really close and so it's a launching point right you know and i mean i i i I don't know of anyone who isn't at some point familiar with a christmas carol oh yeah yeah and i think that's what's uh so wonderful about it is because there is so much imagery that goes on in there that you could always redirect and have a good conversation with someone you know like what do you what do you think he meant when you know, he said the one whom this day is named after. Right, you know? right. Or I love in uh, I can't remember if it's in the book or not, but the um, the uh, when Cratchit describes Tiny Tim yeah. to his wife. You know, maybe when they see me in church, it'll remind them yeah. of the one who remember made, healed the lame, laid, yeah. made the blind see. Yeah, some beautiful moments in it. I um, to me, you know what this reminds me of. You, you let's broaden this out here a little bit. You think of like the great epic scenes, the cathartic scenes, like in Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, it's not your fault. Well, nobody. I, I've seen a few writers deal with this. Have you ever wondered, like, if you kept the film rolling, how does that scene kind of end? When do they stop hugging? Mm. With the magic of film work, you know, you can kind of cut. But at some point, you know, the tears dry up a little. Right. You, you, hey, okay, you you want to you want to get an omelet? Uh, do you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how does that wrap up? So I apply that weird Dutcher version of thinking things to death to a Christmas Carol, and I always think if that were me, and I had that, 
I would probably make the same pledge, mm-hmm. the same vow. Mm-hmm. I had, was visited. They did it all in one mm-hmm. night. They could do whatever they want. Um, like my story would be uh, back and forth. Mm. Like, is there a version of A Christmas Carol where the guy's like, yeah, the first two years I was great. The third year I became a real <laughs> jerk again. Um, and I Well, if they ever that. made a sequel, they'd have to do that because we know that characters can't grow at all in movies. Yes. Once, yes. Like, hey, you know, Ralphie's got to be just as conflicted about things as he was at eight years <laughs> as old. When he was eight, now he's 50. Yeah. That's so true, dude. So I, you know, I think, of course, the magic of storytelling is you can just kind of end it at the right, right. moment, cut it at the right moment. Right. And he was um, as good as his word. As good as his well, word. Well, yes. Greg, here's the deal, though. Here's the deal with Scrooge. He kept Christmas in his heart. He didn't say what he did the rest of the year. Yeah. It's easy for some <laughs> of us to do. We show up at church and we do our thing at Christmas. We can, we get that covered. Dude, that would be a great, <laughs> like, short story. You know, the, 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 the appendix to A Christmas Carol. And he's the nicest guy for, like, 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know the 24th and all, 25th all the coal gets yeah. emptied into the street for a minute you know he's the worst gonna sit back in that cold ass corner yeah. <laughs> he's the worst piece of crap 363 <laughs> days of the year but a Except Christmas man Christmas. hey I know he's a jerk but you wait to see him on Christmas. <laughs> That's the reality for most of us, I guess. Isn't it so true, dude? I love it. The, the realism would screw up the beauty of the story. Oh, man. Man, I love it. And dude, All right, guys. before we wrap up, I got to give the shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas vacation, man. Oh, yes. It's That's still such just, a classic. And I don't know what it is. My family, dude, knows every single line. Fix the new post. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's not Shakespeare. It's easy to sort of. <laughs> I know. That's a, but I mean, my whole point is we already know every scene. We quote it before yeah. they show the scene and we watch it and every year. you watch year. it anyway. That's it, why it's hard to make sequels to these things because what's the point? Like, you don't right. need that. Exactly. When, you come, when Christmas time shows up, I want to see a Christmas story. And, and like I said, there's a lot of lampoons christmas vacation earmarks i think in this new one but the thing i was thinking of while watching the christmas story christmas is there's just no big standout scene there's nothing that that like a big spark of imagination or just craziness like that squirrel coming out of the tree yes Mm, or you know any one of a million things that eddie does oh my goodness dude yeah Um, dude my my, uh, the thing i've grown to uh appreciate are the kind of weird lines that i'm sure you guys remember this remember so do washing machines um yeah i mean what in the world was that ad-libbed did some writer in a writer's room work with like five other hey i think we should have him say this and just drop it in um, so yeah, you watch enough times, you appreciate I pledge allegiance yeah. to the flag. Well, there's that old thing. I think I mentioned when I was on before, like there's this point when, when Clark Griswold seems a little bit like a sociopath. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. What? Oh, I, you knew what we needed. We needed a new coffin. A tree. A tree. A tree. Uh, <laughs> all right. I just had to get it in. I knew you were going to wrap us up, dude. Oh, man. Guys, this has been great. A blast. Um, and so we are looking forward to uh, when we can drop this, get all your comments and feedback on us. And so, gentlemen, Nathan, this was awesome. Zach, even though you left us. We and, hate you, Zach. And you did, officially, you left us you did officially leave us <laughs> yeah, because it, it, I, kicked he? You, I kicked him out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think he's still <laughs> he's still creeping here at this point. Oh man, guys, this was awesome. Until the next time, we just rock the Casbah. Thank you again for listening to these Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.